welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Sir Gerald Quinn, episode 857, season 15. As we discuss a week, another week of NFL football, we are now into amazingly a week where it completed 11 weeks of the NFL season. We are headed towards a week. Number 12, as week 11 is in the books, week 12 will be soon upon us in the next couple of days that you'll have, a, of course, a Thanksgiving triple header, um, which I think two of the games, but I think all three games could be competitive. Uh, you have a nice, uh, the, the hot Detroit, you have a Detroit team that's playing better, so they shouldn't be a walkover, and certainly looking forward to the Minnesota Moon and uh, Thanksgiving night game. But before we get to all that, of course, I'm going to be solo tonight. Hopefully, we will be joined by Mr. Sapp next week. I'm sure he's much happier uh, this week with his Buffalo Bills coming off a uh, victory, snapping their two-game losing streak um, at the um, over the Cleveland Browns. And that's go- that's where we're going to begin. Where we're going to begin, as always, with our themes of the week. Themes, uh, bounce back and smoking mirrors. A lot of teams, there are a few teams out there who are just not that real. And they're starting, they're starting to get exposed. We saw them we saw them get exposed, uh, three teams in particular. But, as always, we're going to begin talking about the Buffalo Bills with all the thoughts. Uh, Buffalo gets a much-needed victory over Cleveland, 31-23. Uh, the game really wasn't even that close. This game was like 25-10. Uh, 25-10. Uh, for the for the better part of uh, the, the second half, late in the second half, Buffalo completely controlled this game out. Uh, Jacoby Brissett had a fumble that changed completely changed the complexion of this game. After that, Buffalo completely took over. 171 yards rushing, only 27 passes for uh, Josh Allen, 33 runs, and I'm sure Mr. Sad will be happy about this. Only out of those 171 yards rushing, only seven came from Josh Allen. That means they got 165 basically from James Cook and uh, Singletary. So, one, you take the win. It was kind of a weird situation. Buffalo had to, they, Buffalo had to deal with all week. They had The schedule was all out of whack with the snow in Buffalo. Buffalo got like six feet of snow. Um, and they had to move the game to Detroit. So, routine is thrown off. Um, I guess a Cleveland team that's talented. We know Cleveland is talented on both lines of scrimmage. They held Cleveland to just 80 yards rushing, basically shut down Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, I think Brissett might have been their leading rusher. Um, so, listen, it wasn't pretty, but the bottom line is uh, you take the win, you get off the, uh, you know, you snap a losing streak, you're 7-3. and three. You are tied uh, for first place in the division. Well, technically, uh, you know, basically, uh, in terms of the tiebreak, Miami's ahead, but you have the same record as Miami, and you go from there. Um, Allen was efficient. Uh, looking at his numbers here, he... Uh, so I'll pull them up. Those are not the ones. Allen, 18-27, 197, a touchdown, and more importantly, no interceptions and no fumbles. So Allen, you know, had had problems, had problems with the turnover bug. 
of recent uh in the recent weeks. Uh no turnovers for the Bills. No turnovers for the Bills, no turnovers for Josh Allen. Um and you know, they did what they had to do. Again, it wasn't pretty, but that's not, you know, this look, we saw a lot of teams who are favored struggle, okay, uh, to win games this week. So it wasn't a week where um you know, you had a number, you had the upper echelon teams just running through people. I mean, we saw what happened. We, we saw Philly almost lose to Indianapolis. We'll talk more about that game. So, you know, it was a it was a week where you know a lot, lot you know you had some teams get upset, and you had some teams again. You had teams that some of the upper echelon teams not able to quite run away with uh, run away against teams that you think that they should be able to handle. Um, you know, even with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Uh, with, with the exception, with the quite with the exception of San Francisco, Arizona, uh, that in, in the court, that was the only exception where you th- you thought that that could be an ass whipping, which it was. So Buffalo does what it had to, has to do. Um, listen, they have, again they have everything right there in front of them. Um, I know people are still complaining about uh, their offense not looking. Um, the way as explosive as is it, as it, we've seen it earlier in the season, but the bottom line is the most important thing you come out to come out of this game is they were able to run the football minus Josh Allen. Okay, they were able to run the football. They were able to not only they did two things that they hadn't been doing for like the last couple of weeks. They were able to run and then stop the run. At Cleveland team, we know what Chubb and Hunt can bring. We know Cleveland is capable of running almost on anybody. So you hold Cleveland at eighty yards, you've done your job. Uh, game of the week, uh, Kansas City just c- continues to own this division. They continue to own the Chargers. Another close game between Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Uh, all every meeting that they, the, every every meeting between those two quarterbacks have has been a one score game, thirty to twenty seven. Kansas City goes down the field and gets a touchdown that you know will, that you know was come was going to happen once they had enough time to uh, once they had enough time. On the board, you know Mahomes is going to take his team down the field and uh, and score again, score the game with a touchdown. Mahomes is twenty four three against that division since since he became a start, became the starter the starter in two thousand and um, eighteen. Twenty four and three. Um, again, Herbert didn't play poorly. Uh, he played relatively well, but uh, he you know Mahomes had just too much time. Uh, had too much time, you know. You talk about, you know, going down the field. In essence, <laughs> he went down the field in, in 31 seconds. Oh, not 31. Excuse me. Then he went down the field six plays, 75 yards in a minute and 15. Okay, six plays in 31 yards, six plays in 75 yards in a minute and 15. Kelsey, um, another big game for him. He goes. He gets three. He gets three touchdowns. And you know, looking at Kelsey, you gotta start thinking about Kelsey amongst the all-time great tight ends, amongst the greatest tight ends, greatest tight ends of all time. Um, like looking at his numbers right now, um, his uh, career numbers, and statistically, he's probably going to end up the greatest all greatest tight end of all time. Statistically, he's going to have, I, I, you know, he's still what. 33. I mean, he's still got some couple of a few years. It doesn't seem like he's slowing down at all. Um, looking at his uh, lifetime stats, I mean, you're talking about this guy has 
he's approaching 10,000 yards. He has 68 touchdowns, um, 773 uh, catches. Like, so he's played, you know, he has a good three to four years left. Uh, he's breaking. He's going to break a number of these records. Like he's going to get. He's going to have a hundred touchdowns. He's going to have probably you know twelve thousand, thirteen thousand yards. He's going to have. He's going to. He's going to get two thousand uh, receptions. So uh, you have to. You have to put him in a conversation. Have to start putting him in that conversation as one of the all-time great tight ends in the NFL history. He has what now seven. Um, he has six. 1,000-yard receiving seasons. He's going to get seven soon. Soon enough, he already has 855 yards. This He can get that this week. He can possibly get that this week, to be honest with you. Uh, so, he, so he has to be – I mean, you have to start considering him again as one of the greatest tight ends of all time. That's all there is to it. Um, they have, you know, a thing going where they're going to be – that connection they have is a special connection. Um and Kelsey again, even with Derwin James, I think or Derwin James is one that I, I think that Derwin James is one of the more versatile defensive players in the league, and a guy who can cover tight ends. But he's no match uh, for Travis Kelsey, as basically nobody is. I mean, I, I think I, I I think with Kelsey, you have to put probably, and I would consider this. Uh, yeah, I think you have to put your best cornerback on Kelsey. I think you have to give him that that Rob Gronkowski that type that type of treatment. Uh, Kansas City. A long time ago, um, McKenzie had Tony Gonzalez. Uh, Denver would put, or New England would put a key to lead on him. Uh, or you would see Champ Bailey on 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 the, on the team's best uh, best tight ends when tight ends started exploding in that I would say in that mid two thousands in in terms of that era uh, when tight ends really uh, started uh, coming. You know, you know, like that Antonio Gates. That uh, Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez, when those tight ends really started exploding, you started seeing our teams put their uh, put their best cornerback on the tight end. Uh, he's at that level. I mean, you just can't put uh, like you're not a linebacker. I don't care how great, I don't care how fast, how athletic. The most athletic linebacker cannot deal with Travis Kelsey. Period. So again, in the Chiefs, again, balance had tremendous balance. They had 163 yards rushing. That division is over. Uh, Chiefs are now basically are uh, basically four games ahead of uh, of the Chargers, uh, three in the loss column, and also they just they swept them. So that division is over. The Chiefs are now playing for home field advantage. Right as of right now, they will have home field in the uh, AFC. We know how we know that they've hosted the last four conference championships uh, in in Arrowhead. And I've lost two of them, by the way, but uh, we know that they're a different team on the home at home as as in comparison to on the road. We know Patrick Mahomes' record has been spectacular uh, in the playoffs for the most uh, for the most part. So uh, that division is over. We'll see what the Chargers can do at five and five. They're still not out of the mix for the playoffs, but it's going to be a uphill battle in a loaded AFC. Uh, I mean, you could be ten and seven and miss the playoffs in the AFC this year. It's now is you have to have. I think you have to have minimum ten wins to get to the playoffs. We'll see if the Chargers can get five more um, uh, down uh, for the rest of the in, in, uh, five more at least. They're going to get at least five more to have any chance to make uh, to uh, making the playoffs. They still have seven more games left, so they're going to go at, at worst five and two 
to uh to qualify for the playoffs in the AFC. Games in North Dallas, Minnesota. This was a uh Dallas just uh woodshed special. They handled Minnesota forty to three. Um listen, Dallas can be scary when they play the right way. Right. So there's a game where Dallas goes for Runs the ball at will. Uh, you have the, the probably one of the more, uh, most efficient performances out of Dak Prescott. Prescott was twenty-two of twenty-five, two touchdowns, two seventy-six. Was not sacked or intercepted. Quarterback rating of one thirty-nine. Played a near perfect game. Dallas. They only threw the ball and Cooper Rush. The game was so out of out of uh, order uh, that Cooper Rush even got 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 some throws in. So Dallas runs the ball forty times, only throws it thirty. Prescott only throws at 25. They run the ball 40 times for 151 yards. A big day out. Tony, Tony Pollard, 15 for 80. He also had a, he also had six for 109 in terms of receiving. Had two touch two uh, receiving touchdowns. And Ezekiel Elliott gets the two touchdowns in short yardage. This is how Dallas should play. Like Dallas should play to their strengths of their offensive line. Um, they get ahead, jump on somebody early, and then it allows them to do what they do best defensively, and that is terrorize quarterbacks. With I think the defensive player of the year and and Mikhail, and, and Mikhail, um Michael Michael Parsons I'm sorry I keep butchering his name sometimes Michael Parsons um, Minnesota is what I thought Minnesota like this this is a disappointing loss for Minnesota in terms of you shouldn't get embarrassed at your uh, own place by 37 points I don't care who you're playing I don't care if you're playing the Chiefs like I, I don't like. You shouldn't get embarrassed like this. So this was a very disappointing loss for Minnesota from that standpoint. But Minnesota, bottom line is, you're looking at Minnesota. They're eight and two, but when you go look at the uh, their point differential, they have a point differential. They have a negative point differential. Think about that for a second. They have a negative two point differential. They've been outscored by their opponents despite being six games over 500. That is hard. That's very rare that you'll see that. And now what that tells you is it tells you that they've been winning a lot of close games and it tells you that the team isn't is not that good. They're not I mean they're, there's not a they're not a they're they're a solid team. They have some guys we know what Justin Jefferson is. We know the defense has a couple players on it, but they they have a ceiling. Like they have a ceiling. Um they're not a Super Bowl contender. Um and they're gonna be now fighting, you know, two for mail just to be a number two seed, Dallas is coming for the number. Dallas is in a uh, position to where they'll. I think they're going to be. They're going to be challenging Philadelphia for the top spot in the NFC altogether. Um, I think Dallas right now. I like again. I like you like how they're playing as far as but again. The Green Bay game could have been an aberration. Uh, they'll have those every so often, but. I think for the most, I, I, I honestly believe for the most part, Dallas knows who it is from an identity standpoint. They know they, they uh, in terms of running the football and playing to the pass rush, similar to what the old Indianapolis coach used to do. And they jump on, they would jump on you, and next thing you know, you have Dwight Freeney and, and, and Robert Mathis coming off the edge. Um, so again, it is very how Dallas needs to play is very simple. And we've been talking about it all season long. You play to your strengths of the opposite line. And the pass rushers, and they are a tough team to beat. Now, you know when you get the playoffs, which they they're going to make the playoffs. Dak Prescott is is going to have to win a game. Okay, so 
I he's gonna have to win a game because somebody so a team a good team is gonna neutralize that running game and say, Hey Dak, go beat us. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. But until that until then, if I'm Dallas, you know, I'm just, I'm gonna keep running the football and playing to my defensive line defensive uh my playing to my pass rush. Now Dallas did Dallas did hold Minnesota seventy three yards rushing. Um now they still have some issues with the run. I, I still think they have some issues with stopping the run. This game got so one sided that, that Minnesota couldn't even commit couldn't even commit to a run. Uh, they only ran about seventeen times. And look, if you look, they did have seventy three yards rushing on seventeen attempts, uh four point three, which is pretty good. Dalvin uh Dalvin Cook had eleven carries had seventy two yards on only eleven carries. So you know, if this game is closer, maybe Dalvin Cook has 150, 160 yards, and we're talking about Dallas's defensive line again struggling to stop the run as they did against the, uh, the Packers uh, last week. So that's something that Dallas is going to have to show up. And we know, even going even going back to last year, that's how you attack Dallas is with physical a uh, physical running attack, and you know, you, and to neutralize that pass rush. So that is their weakness. I mean, you can run against the Dallas Cowboys, but that was not the case, certainly, in this game. Uh, Minnesota just an embarrassing performance at home. I mean, again, I give Dallas all the credit in the world. That's a big, that's maybe the most, one of the most impressive wins of the season. Probably, I would say, Buffalo beat Kansas City at Kansas City is, is probably the most impressive one considering the competition. But in terms of sheer domination, manhandling another playoff team, this was uh, as impressive as it gets. So Dallas will have a lot of momentum going into Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, when they host a battered and and, and injured and uh, an injury ridden New York Giant football team that's going to be coming out coming off a loss, uh, uh, coming off a bad loss uh, against the uh, Detroit Lions. Philly and Indianapolis. Uh, Philly was very fortunate to win this game. Probably shouldn't have won this game. Um, we know Indianapolis doesn't have a quarterback. We know Indianapolis is a one dimensional team as far as if you can neutralize their running game. Again, you can neutralize them as a team, but Indianapolis does have some talent. And they were able to stay in this game uh, at one point, being up uh, 13 to 3 going into the fourth quarter. Um, Philadelphia, uh, again, second straight week, a shaky performance from the Eagles. they were able to run the ball. Well, minus the, they were not able to run the ball. I know they had 141 yards, but 86 of those came from Jalen Hurts. So the Boston Scott, Miles Sanders only had 55 yards between them on 16 carries. That should be a concern uh, moving forward because Jalen Hurts, you don't want Jalen Hurts with 16 carries. I'm, I'm sorry. You don't like he's too important. That's too many carries. I, you know, Rob Sapp always complains when. Uh, when Josh Allen gets, you know, seven, when Josh Allen gets into that seven to ten range as hard as carries, he wants to probably have, he probably wants that uh, that number to be five and under, and that you know, yeah, you know, Jalen hurts having the most carries. That's it. That's a problem. Um, uh, they did hold Indianapolis to ninety nine yards rushing, twenty six carries. They kept they somewhat held Jonathan Taylor in check. Um, 22 carries for 84 yards. We know how explosive he can be. But, again, uh, look, Philly, Philly, Philly did what they had to do. Uh, they beat a team that they should have beaten. 
Uh, well, again, very fortunate to win this game. Was not impressed by Philadelphia in this game whatsoever. I mean, Matt Ryan is a relic at this stage in his career. He's just, I, he can barely throw the ball 30 yards. I mean, it's a struggle. Even the short passes seeming like, seemingly, uh, they were seeming like they were going to get picked off. Like, that, like Ryan, Matt Ryan is finished. Um, but with Jeff Saturday being a new, being a coach, uh, they, you know, I guess this year is like, all right, let's, you know, Let's uh, basically tank <laughs> for twenty twenty three because uh, they don't have any chance with, with Matt Ryan at the helm. And they don't have a chance. They didn't have a chance with any of their quarterbacks at the realm at the helm um, with Indianapolis. But uh, fully again fortunate to win this game. But you take the win. They are nine and one and remain atop the NFC East and the NFC uh, in general. And uh, have of course they have the best record. They have the best record in all of football. Uh, at nine and one, and they go to five and zero oh on the road. They've been a great road team all season long. Of course, they only lost coming against the Commanders last week. New England and New, New England, New York. Uh, New England does what it always does, and that's beat the Jets um, ten to three. They went on a wild ending with the punt return. Uh, Marcus Robinson with a punt return for a touchdown. Just a, just like. <laughs> Just, you know, a brutal way to end the football, to lose a football game if you are the, uh, if you're a New York Jets fan. Um, again, no one is going to, this is not going to remind anybody of, uh, this, this is not going to, this, you know, this game, <laughs> this game was a little rough on the watch. Even if you, somebody who like, who loves defense like I do, uh, these teams, <laughs> The Jets, you send the Jets numbers here. So Zach Wilson, nine of twenty-two, seventy-seven yards passing. We have, we'll get, we'll have more on him. He was sacked four times. Uh, they had just had two yards of offense in the second half. Two for the game. The Jets had hundred and three total yards. Right. Um. The Patriots, the reason why they were able to stay, keep the Jets in the game from a standpoint, just played great defense, but the Patriots had eight penalties, had eight penalties, um, so that kept the Jets somewhat in the game. And the Jets defense line played was just all over the place. Quentin Williams was just a man amongst boys. Um, they single-handedly kept the Jets in the game. The Jets had six first downs total in this game, third, three, three for 14 on third down efficiency. Um Listen, 103 total yards. And, of course, the big story um, after the big story after the, uh, at the end of the game was the play of one Zach Wilson, um, the number two pick, overall pick from a couple of years ago. He was supposed to be their franchise quarterback. I told you all season long I, I was never a Zach Wilson guy. I told you Zach Wilson, along with Justin Fields, Trey Lance, were Got three guys who I didn't think were should be starting should be on the field as starting quarterbacks uh, that they needed another year under the under uh, on the sidelines with a clipboard. He is at the top of that list by far. Uh, he has been awful this year. He has been one of he he has been one of the worst starting quarterbacks, if not the probably statistically the worst starting quarterback in, in the NFL this year. Um, he's thrown he has four touchdowns and five interceptions. Um, he again completely only fifty five percent of his passes. Um, it's just like these numbers. You just can't lie to. I mean, you just can't. You can't. These numbers are what they are. 
And, you know, I, it does not take long, it doesn't take long for a guy to recognize that a guy is not that dude in the NFL at the quarterback position. It really doesn't. Like, by the second year, if he, if, if there's no, if there's not a significant amount of improvement in year number two, then you just don't have, you just, this guy is just not your guy. Last year, again, as a rookie, okay, he was going to struggle 13 games. He had, what, nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions, uh, completed 55% of his passes. The, the team wasn't any good. Took his lumps as a rookie. Cool. I can deal with that. This year, the team is very good. Like, that team is that team has an excellent running game. They have weapons on the outside. They have some young talent with the receivers. They have a, a, a all-world defense. It's not an excuse uh, for him not to be better. <laughs> than uh, this year, this year, like, like, he there's been no improvement, zero. Like, there's been no improvement from this year to last year, uh, from last year to this year. And again, it's not like he's been knocked around. He's only been sacked uh, seven games. He's been sixteen sacks. Okay, you can live with. That's not you know, that's not crazy. But um, as in comparison to you know even last year, but uh, this guy is just a bad. He's, he's a bad player. I mean, that's all there is to it. He's a bad player. And on top of it, no sense of accountability whatsoever. In the press conference, the post-game press conference, they asked him, did you let the defense down? And he, in fact, he said no. He's talking about the wind. He's talking about, I mean, his, his excuses had excuses. Now, I don't think Robert Salah will bench him after the bench him this week. I think that him kind of saying that he had not committed to him was kind of like a, you know, just get his attention, so to speak, just to um, hold him accountable for his appointment. That that was a way of him telling uh, Wilson, "You were bad." Okay, that that was his way of telling him. If he didn't tell him behind closed doors, but that was his way publicly of telling him how bad you were, right? So, again, I never was a Zach Wilson guy. Even coming out of college, I was like, "Why? What is the hubbub about this dude?" Um. He again, I like. I think that if I were on the team, uh, I might give him a half against Chicago. Outside of that, I gotta either go with White or or, or Joe Flacco. Like I'm not, I'm. He's not going to be the reason why we don't make the playoffs. Again, we have an excellent defense. We have a solid running game. I'm sorry, I'm not going to allow him to to be the reason why we don't make the playoffs. And the Jets gotta be careful here because they, you know, that was a big loss. If they won that, if they had won that game, they, they're in first place by virtue of the fact that they beat, they beat, they had beaten Buffalo and also Miami earlier this season. It was a huge loss for the Jets. And I'm looking at this Jets schedule. It's, it's not an easy schedule. The Jets still have, so they'll be, they have Chicago at home, a game that he absolutely should win, especially. If Justin Fields doesn't play, even if Justin Fields were to play, they should win. They should they should be uh, Chicago, um, but that's not going to be you know that should be uh, uh, I shouldn't the way they play offense. No game is a walkover for the Jets. The way they play offense, so we have that they have that game. Then they they're at Minnesota, at Buffalo, home to the Lions, home to Jacksonville, at Seattle. They end the season at Seattle, at Miami. That is not an easy schedule. That Lion game, the Lions are going to be playing hard, and they the Lions, the Lions have talent. So that that is like there's no walkover. Even Jacksonville can be can be feisty. Like Jacksonville can be feisty um, um, sometimes. That I mean that's their that that is their 
the the long game. I mean, they should be the Lions. They should be Jacksonville. So again, I'm trying to make a case for ten wins, uh, six and four. I, all right, let's say they beat the Lions, Jacksonville. That that puts them at what eight wins. Um, at Seattle, at Miami, they're gonna be it's gonna be hard for them to win ten games with that schedule. It's not gonna be easy, even if they win the games that they absolutely supposed to win. Bears, Lions, Jaguars, that puts them at nine, nine wins. Uh, nine and eight is not going to do it. This is not an AFC, and the AFC is not. So that was a huge loss for them, to say the least. Um, it was a game that they absolutely was a, was absolutely a winnable game. But uh, when you don't have a quarterback, uh, it doesn't matter what the rest of your team looks like. I mean, you got, again, he's so bad. That he cannot, he's not even a game manager. Like you can't even trust him to manage the game. That's how bad he is. Because this is an easy team to manage the game with. Like you have a side again, very good running attack. You have a side running attack. You have an excellent defense. It's it would be easy to manage the game with this type of with the type of team that this with the type of team that they have that they've constructed. So he should be if, if you have a guy that can't even manage a manage a football game, then you just don't have a quarterback. At worst, he should be able to do what Taylor Heineke is doing for the Commanders. At worst. At worst. And he has more talent than Taylor Heineke. But, again, you got some guys that just... Um, you got some guys in the NFL, like, you got... The, it's a combination of a lot of things. Number one, playing in New York. The whole pressure of being the number two draft pick in New York City. I I, I don't think this guy can, can stand... I don't think he can stand up to that pressure. Um, even looking at him in the press the press conference, he looked like a deer in headlights. So there are certain guys that just maybe Zach Wilson goes somewhere else and you know resurrects his career. It will not be in New York. And I, again, I see on the I'm, I'm be honest with you, I see career backup. I really do. I see career backup. And uh, if I'm the Jets, I'm cutting my losses. I'm not even waiting for him to develop next year. Like no, because what you have to remember, what do you have to do? The thing you have to think about when you sign a guy, when you draft a guy that high, is can we eventually we're gonna have to pay him more than likely. When we pay him, if we decide to pay him, what is the rest of our team gonna look like? Can this guy raise the level of the rest of our team to put us to keep us in uh in a contention status? Uh, that's the question you have. That's the question you have to ask yourself. The Eagles are uh, certainly asking themselves with Jalen Hurts as these games and these years go by. Right now, they're in a position where he's still on rookie contract, so they can build around him. But eventually, they have to make a decision to where they have to pay a guy. They're going to pay that guy. When we pay him, will he be able to elevate and make up for those holes that are caused by how much money he's making and how much is going to have to be sacrificed with the rest of our roster? And right now, with Justin Zach Wilson, that is a resounding no. Like, we cannot afford to pay him moving forward uh, in the future the way is, the way the trajectory that, that, that the pay, at the pace that he's on right now with the, with zero improvement from year one to year two. So, uh, excellent win for the Patriots. Um, they're, playing, they're playing well, giving up, like, their last three games, only, like, 7.7 points per game. Uh, Matthew Judon could be in the conversation for defense player of the, of the year, along with uh, the likes of uh, Sauce Gardner and also, of course, I, to me, the, the leading candidate, uh, Micah, uh, Micah Parsons, 
So he um he's been he's been tremendous and had another big game with a couple of sacks. He leads the NFL with thirteen and a half sacks uh this season. Uh the deep dive, the commanders, they got another win, a very impressive win over the uh, over the the Houston Texans. Now you wanna say, well, they should beat the Texans. They should, but at one point in the season, you would have said the Commanders that would that might have been a toss-up game, and you might have even favored the, the Texans, especially when Washington was at uh, one and four. Um, listen, they probably haven't get, been given enough credit for the type of season that they have. You consider what they had, like everything they've dealt with off the field. You have an owner that is one of the worst owner that is might be the worst owner in all the sports. Definitely the worst owner in the NFL. A guy who, you know, is just a just a, a horrible human being. Let alone let alone just a bad owner. And everything that this this team has dealt with off the field, you got a running back. The running back gets shot. No Chase Young uh, for the season. He's supposed to be eating now. He could. He's been activated, so we'll see what happens uh, in, when they play. Uh, when they have Atlanta this week, um, when they host Atlanta this week, um, they again at one and four. You're thinking about a top five, top ten pick. I'll be honest with you. I, that 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 was the thought process. But to their credit, um, you know they stuck with the running game. That's been the difference. Their running game and their defensive line. They they have. If you look at the comparisons of how much they ran the ball versus when Carson Wentz started versus Taylor Heineke, uh, they've ran the ball way like it's not even close in terms of the number of running attempts that they had. Uh, and Heineke's passing attempts are not even close to you know a course pale in comparisons to uh, Carson Wentz. And listen. That's what you need to do for when you have a Taylor, uh, Taylor Heineke. A Taylor Heineke, he can make a couple of plays here and there, but you don't want him throwing thirty-five to forty times a game. You want that number to be, you know, to be around twenty-five to thirty max. So they ran the ball, and their defense has been spectacular. Their, their defense has ascended to a legit. Uh, their defensive rank, as of right now, is they are twelfth. Uh, they're 12 against against point with points allowed, and I think they were like six overall. So in terms of total defense, I'm gonna check here now. They were they are. Let me see here. Yeah, six in total defense, in terms of yards. So and again. In the beginning of the year, they were at the bottom half. Um, the Green Bay game, from so the Green Bay game on, kind of jump started their, their, their uh, you know, jump started that defense. They haven't looked back. They've only given up, like I said, they, they only given up uh, 30 points one time this year. They have played great during this streak, even against the, even the Minnesota game. You know, you hold Minnesota to, uh, you hold Minnesota to 20 points. Uh, you're doing your job. So uh, listen, they've done it the right. They they are playing to their strengths, run the ball, uh, rely on that front four, uh, not giving up, not giving up big plays. Um, they are playing from ahead, which is important for what they talk, for what they want to do, what they want to do, and what they're trying to do. 
and they're not putting and, and Heineke as in comparison to Carson Wentz is not making that that drop dead turnover now Heineke will turn over the football like he's prone to throwing an interception he's prone to throwing a couple that sometimes you know to the luck of to, to the luck of the Washington get dropped but he does not have that catastrophic for the most part fourth quarter interception that that just breaks your backbone or that or loses the game. Like we've seen Heineke against Heineke, you know, against the Titans. We've seen Heineke over the course of his career, the last three or four years, just have these interceptions that just, you know, take the suck the life out of you and take the life out of your team. Um Heineke doesn't have those types does not have those type of turn, types of turnovers. And for the most part, he would unlike Carson Wentz, he does not fumble the football as well. Also, so listen, I'm not gonna tell you sit here and tell you Taylor Heineke should be is the future of the team. He's not, but what he is is he is a nice stopgap until you get to your next guy, who the guy who you hope is a franchise guy, whoever that guy is. I, we don't even know who that guy is. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Washington takes a run at Jimmy G in the second in, in the in, in the uh, uh, offseason. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. There's an or some other name pops up that we don't that we're not even talking about right now. But the way it's gonna the way this thing could end up, Taylor Heineken could be the, the the quarterback this year and maybe next year. Uh, we'll see. But I I would say this: the Carson Wentz era in Washington should be over. Uh, and if they Again, if he doesn't play, they will keep that second round pick because he's not being he had hadn't met uh, some of the statistical incentives. So that's something to, to keep in mind as well. And the bottom line is the team has been a much better team with Taylor Heineke on the center. Period. They've been a much better team. That's all there is to it. Um, but with all that said, they have a rough schedule uh, down the stretch. This Falcon game will not be easy. The Falcons are five and six. But they haven't been terrible. Uh, they have some guys, you know, that can they can they can run the ball a bit. Mariota, we know he can how he can move. Cordell Patterson, we saw what he did. Uh, so know what he can do. So this will not be an easy game. It's a game that they should win. Is that home? But it will not be an easy game. Then you have the Giants in back to back weeks. One of those weeks a sandwich. Coming one of those weeks, they have the Giants after a bye. Uh, their bye comes late. I think they 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 have the latest bye of any team in the league. They so they're gonna have a bye week after week thirteen, which is to me unheard of. I don't know why the info made have, have scheduled a bye that late. Like no team should have a bye. I, I don't think no team should have a bye past week eleven. But you know that's just me. Then you're talking about having the Giants twice for at Forty ers on the twenty uh, day Christmas Eve. Hosting the Browns and they end this in the season with the Cowboys. Uh, not an easy schedule, uh, to say the least, especially in that division. Right? Two games against the Giants, one against the Cowboys and the 49ers. But, you know, look, stranger things have happened. Uh, they're going to be in the mix here. They're at six and five. Uh, I don't think they can win a division, but they definitely will be in the mix in terms of. They are fighting for that last uh, playoff spot. But again, you gotta give give a real lot of credit, give the players a lot of credit for staying staying the course, keeping their focus through what has been a tumultuous off, just just off the field stuff, and with the news that's been swirling around the, the DC area and around that franchise in regards to their, to their owner, who is a again a utter embarrassment to say the least. 
uh, they still find themselves at six and five, and in definitely in the playoff, uh, in the playoff hunt. Stock up, Patriots. Um, Patriots have, you know, we had them stocked down, and we had them most disappointed. But we gotta give credit where credit's due. They have won three straight. They are. They have been defensively. They've been great. They've turned themselves into a legit uh, top five, top ten, top five defense. Now again, I don't trust Mac Mac Jones. I don't trust the offense to score in big spots. They only scored, you know, two hundred thirteen points. Um, but the defense has been spectacular over the last month or so. They are five and two in the conference, two and one in the division. Um, it's just gonna be interesting. Uh, they're gonna be right there. In terms of uh, you know fighting for the playoffs right now, you look at the playoff hunt. They would be six. Uh, they they would be six. Uh, looking at their schedule, they have um, they are of course at Minnesota. That's a big game on on Thanksgiving Eve, Thanksgiving night. Host the Bulls at Arizona at the Raiders. Host the Bengals. Host the Dolphins at Buffalo. It's not a script. It's, it's you know there's some winnable games on that schedule. I'm talking about at Arizona at the Raiders. Um, not an easy schedule, but not a, you know not a a murderer's role type schedule. Um, I'm looking at that like even they dropped a seven. The the problem the, I, the thing they have going for them is they they do have a tiebreaker. They beat Cincinnati. So they have that going for them. Um, they have a tiebreaker over the Jets because they beat them twice. Uh, so in terms of who could catch them, I don't think Indianapolis can catch them. The Chargers, who knows with the Chargers. Uh, you know, they listen, it's not, I'm not out of rooms to say that they could make the playoffs. Uh, I think Cincinnati is going to make it. Uh, the Jets, you know, who knows the Chargers. So I, I think it's going to be between the Chargers and uh, New, like New England. So at the end, I mean, New England, Cincinnati, the Jets, and the Chargers are going to be fighting. Those four teams are going to be fighting for two spots. Um, so uh, they're they're going to be right there. But uh, again, give them a lot of credit. It looked, you know, very dire. Uh, a few weeks, about a month ago, especially with that situation with the, the strange press conference and Belichick with the quarter, how he was handling the quarterbacks. But things can change faster in the NFL. I mean, you get you get one win, a couple wins here, and next thing you know, you're fighting for a playoff spot versus a team that you know you that could be head, that's heading in a in a different direction. Uh, say like you know maybe the, say the Chargers or maybe even Minnesota coming off the loss they came off. Uh, stock down the Giants. Uh, the Giants are the the epitome, the epitome of the smoking mirrors. They are not that good. They're not that good of a team. They've been doing it with. Um, they've been doing it uh, with a solid running game, excellent defense. But the bottom line is, their room for error is room for error is very small. They can't play sloppy. They can't turn the football. And I, I think the Giants are in, are in trouble here. Uh, I'm looking at their schedule. The schedule. The schedule is, is brutal. They and they have so many guys that are injured. Uh, they, they're at Dallas. That's going to be an impossible game to win. Then they they host the Commanders, who are playing well. Host the Eagles at Washington. 
at Minnesota, host Indianapolis at Philadelphia. That is a brutal schedule to end the season. Like, there's only the one semi-gimme. There's no gimmies on that schedule. Even the Colts, like I said, even the Colts can be dangerous uh, with some of their players. Like, there, there are no gimmies on that schedule. Um, I think the Giants are not are just are a team that just that is not easy. That is kind of easy to game plan. If you stay away from turnover the football, uh, you'll be in, and you'll be right there with them in the fourth quarter. And you know we've seen and we've seen how quickly things can turn fortunes when you win when you're a team that wins close games. That 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 world can turn quickly to where you're a team that starts losing these close games. So the Giants have been great in these one in these one uh, score games, you know. They you know they have very little room for error, and those games can start going in the other in the other other direction. Now, again, they have a number. Their their receiving core is is just in, in shambles. Uh, it is not hard to game plan for the Giants as far as what you have to do. You limit. Uh, Saquon Barkley and tell and dare Daniel Jones to beat you and let's see what happens. If their defense cannot turn you over, you're in great you're in great shape in terms of playing the Giants. And and don't and don't have the situation where they're getting penalties or, or Daniel Jones is turning over the ball. Then then you have a situation where you're losing thirty one to eighteen to the Lions, which was a, again an awful loss for the Giants. I don't care how improved the Lions or how are you should never lose a home game in November to, to, to in November to the Detroit Lions. If you are trying, if you're seven and two, and you're trying to have playoff aspirations, that just should not happen. So right now, I can see the Giants. I can see a nice two or three game losing streak for the uh, for the New York Football Giants. Who won the week? Oh, it has to be the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys uh, they had a angry had a angry performance taking on uh, come out the Green Bay loss a game that they shouldn't have should had no business losing. Uh, they took it out on Minnesota, forty to three. Um, they put themselves in position to where they, I think they're going to be challenging for the number one seed. I, I think the Cowboys already are going to make a run here, um, run here and really challenge for the, uh, for the number one seed, uh, for the MC East title and the number one seed. They will have, the, they will have the tiebreaker over Minnesota. They would have, um, look at that conference record. Cowboys, they do, they do have three conference losses. Um, but I, I do think that they that and I'm looking I, I think that these divisions are gonna come are gonna come down to last week. I think the, the Eagle Cowboy game the Eagle Cowboy game uh in December will decide that division. I believe that the San Francisco uh Seattle game will decide that division. Um Baltimore, Cincinnati, Miami Buffalo Will decide those will decide that division. So, I think the Cowboys clearly to me won the week. They know who they should know who they are by now. If they play a certain way. They should easily win. You know, twelve games and and be a dangerous team in the playoffs. Um, but it's disappointing, of course, Minnesota. You can't get embarrassed like that. Uh, it kind of even take. It, I think it actually takes away from the Buffalo win that you had a week earlier. Uh, you can't get. You can't lose forty or three at home. Like it just it consider yourself to be a serious contender. We know, but we know they're not serious contenders. Uh, week three, week eleven preview. So Dallas, New York Giants, Dallas Thanksgiving uh, day. I have a hard time figuring 
figured thinking that Dallas that the Giants can win that game. I just that like the way that Dallas is playing, uh, traveling on on going on the road for Thanksgiving the short week. Uh, has the home teams I think have an enormous advantage unless you just uh, or unless you're just unless you're the Detroit Lions, which have who have been awful on Thanksgiving. But even they have an occasional. Thanksgiving performance that they, you know, that they uh, play well, but I don't see that being the case. I I think Dallas will runs over runs over the Giants and wins going away. New England, Minnesota. I actually like New England in this game. I, I think Minnesota is good, similar to the Giants and the Jets are going in the wrong direction. Uh, I I don't think three days is enough time for Minnesota to recover from that ass whooping uh, at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. I could definitely see a carryover effect. Carryover effect. And I, I guess a, a New England team that over the last couple of years have actually played better on the road than they have at home. Now, I know they've kind of stabilized home, their home field somewhat this year, but they've been better better on the road the last couple of years. So I I like New England to win a close game. Cincinnati, Tennessee, this is the game I'm looking forward to probably the most on uh, Sunday. Uh, this game could be a game that could really – you know, if you're Cincinnati and you want to challenge, uh, you want to get a home playoff game, you need to win this game because um, you're fighting and you're going to be fighting for Baltimore for a division. It's a, it's, a, it's a conference game. Your conference record, Cincinnati's conference record, but conference record is only 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Titans are 5-2, so this is a big game. Uh, this is a much bigger game for Cincinnati. Titans are going to run away with their division. They have run away with their division. They, Baltimore, Cincinnati, of course, is going to be fighting with Baltimore for that division. Baltimore has an edge on them based on the time, based on the, the game they played earlier with, with Baltimore one. So this uh, this should be a, a exciting game for these two teams who met the playoffs last year uh, with Cincinnati winning. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, so San Francisco destroys Arizona. Uh, last night, thirty-eight to ten. No surprise, even with no Kyler Murray. But it would, I don't think it would have mattered regardless. The big story, though, to me is Jimmy G. Uh, Jimmy G. Right now is playing excellent football. Fifteen touchdowns, four interceptions. They have a he has a loaded team around him as far as the talent. Christian McCaffrey, the running game, the two receivers we know are good. Uh, Brandon Ayuk and also Debo Samuel. Samuel. And George Kittle. This is a this this is a scary team. The San Francisco team, I think, I think could beat it could beat anybody in the NFC. And like I said, I've been saying this for like the last couple of weeks now. I would not want to see them in the playoffs. It's gonna really be very interesting what happens with Jimmy G in the offseason because there are I, I think there are about three or four teams who will convince themselves that they are a Jimmy G away from possibly contending for the Super Bowl. I think the commanders I think the Giants, I think about the Jets, I think there are number of there are a half dozen teams or so. Uh I, I would put New Orleans on that list as well. Uh that would feel like if we get Jimmy G, we can compete for a Super Bowl. So it'll be very, it's gonna be very interesting to see how he finishes this year. If they make it to a conference championship or to a Super Bowl, what happens? I to me, I don't. I, I I just can't see a scenario. Jimmy G would have to go out there and probably be Super Bowl MVP for them to say, okay, let's, I let's maybe possibly trade Trey Lance. I don't know. Some just miraculous would have to have it. We have to have 
would have to happen, which is possible. It, it is, is it out the realms of possibility that San Francisco wins the Super Bowl this year? Like, is that the craziest thing? I, I don't. I don't think it's crazy. They have a. They are. A, they have a total team offensively, defensively, defensive offensive line. The only question would be Jimmy G. Yeah, so if Jimmy G goes out there and, and plays and plays well, and this team wins the Super Bowl, then you know who knows what happens. But minus that, he's going to be a free agent after this year, and there are going to be a number of teams to me that are going to be lined up, uh, seemingly thinking that they are that if they sign him, they will be the content, they will be Super Bowl contenders. So we'll see what happens with that. Again, you know these divisions, these divisions are going to come. These divisional games. I'm going to decide uh, the playoffs. Who you know? Who makes the playoffs? Who is who is the division? Like it's really setting up perfectly. Like I said, that Miami, Buffalo, New England. You know, Miami plays Buffalo again. Uh, the Jets play the Bills again. The uh, the Patriots play uh, the Dolphins uh, again. All those teams play each other one more time in that division. And that division only separated by one game, first place and last place. We know Baltimore Cincinnati will is, is going to decide that division. Um, the South and West are over in the AFC. We we know that the Eagles Cowboys game will decide that division. I feel the North, of course, NFC North is over. Uh, and you know, Tampa Bay Atlanta, the winner of that they you know Atlanta's only a half game back. Um, and of course, San Francisco Seattle. That game, that you know, San, Seattle, San, San Francisco is in the catbird seat, for example, and they're undefeated in that division. But Seattle's tied with them. You know, the winner of that game probably will decide that division. So these games, uh, this no late, this late November, December football, there's a lot to be decided. Um, pound for pound, right now, I think Kansas City, Kansas City is probably playing the best, but I'm not so sure. I'm still, th- I still think the Buffalo Bills are the best team. When they, I, I still think their A game is better than anybody else's A game. To be honest with you, despite despite the fact that they haven't played well over the last month, Kansas City is Kansas City's probably playing the best football. But I still think the Buffalo. Is, I, I'm not. I'm not out on Buffalo going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. I'm not there yet. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, have a great, great holiday weekend. Trying to avoid saying Thanksgiving, but. Because uh, I know we, we know the true meaning of history of what happened transpired during Thanksgiving, but have a great holiday weekend with your fam- friends, family. I will see you next time on the next edition of the Real Deal Podcast. So long.